Good morning, everyone. Today is the 8th of February and I'm joined by Seamus Lyons, Niall McDonald and Alex Byrne. Equity markets seem to recover their form last week after a jump in volatility the week before. We saw more record highs across the US indices. Seamus? Yes, good morning, Louise. Indeed, US markets were branded from previous week's steep losses and the major benchmarks, so the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, the small cap Russell 2000, these all hit record highs throughout the week. So what drove the market over the week? Well, it was a big week for corporate earnings with almost a quarter of the S&P 500 companies reporting Q4 earnings. And the vast majority of these companies reported strong results above expectations. Like a notable one would be Google. They had a very good week, uh, strong stock market performance from them. And on the macro side, we had some, you know, several of the week's economic reports. They surprised on the upside. Maybe most notable was the ISM report for services, which is a closely watched forward-looking indicator. And this rose to its highest level since February 2019 with a reading of uh, 58.7, so well above the number 50, which indicates expansion. So this is well received by the market. And finally, probably the last big news in the week as well was the fiscal package. So there was some positive movement on the 1.9 trillion fiscal stimulus package. So on Friday, the Senate passed a budget resolution moving forward legislation which would authorize the full 1.9 trillion fiscal package as President Joe Biden had requested. So the markets took this very positively as well. That all sounds really positive. And did the employment numbers back up this positive sentiment? Yes and no. I mean, it was a mixed number. So first of all, the number that the Labour Department reported on Friday was an increase or or job creation of 49,000 jobs created in January. And that was roughly in line with expectations. And more importantly, as well, it showed a return to job creation following a negative number the previous month. However, December's figures, which were negative and you know, had broken a, a positive trend, they were actually revised further down, even lower, 227,000 job losses in the month of December. So that was disappointing. Although then we had the unemployment rate. This actually was expected to come in at 6.7. The number has been around for a while. Actually, it fell to 6.3, so we now have a much lower unemployment rate. But again, if you look through this, this is more a function of participants dropping out of the labor market and other reasons. And so whilst it is obviously a positive number, it wasn't taken so well by the markets. So it was was a bit of a mixed figure on Friday. I mean, most of the good news last week came from other areas. That's really helpful. Thanks, Seamus. Alex, we saw unusually strong equity markets in Europe over the week. We did, yeah. So part of it was because of improved hopes of vaccination strategies, uh, mainly as well from the US policy stimulus. The, the European market was also supported by that. We had better GDP expectations from a number of different countries. And the earnings have been really strong in Europe we've had so far. We've had one of the, the highest quarterly earnings seasons since the global financial crisis, with the fact that we've had pretty strong increases in those expectations since Q4. So around 40% of companies have beaten expectations, about 45% in line. So there's a very, very small amount have actually missed. The market reaction to that is that they've rewarded slightly less there was that have beaten expectations, but punished pretty harshly those that have missed them. Turning to government bond markets, and in the US in particular, we've seen a sharp steepening yield curve where yields on longer dated bonds are moving up faster than yields on short dated bonds. Niall, how should we interpret this? Uh, yes, Louise. Quite a pronounced sell-off in the U.S. Treasury markets last week, and as you mentioned, longer-dated bonds in particular selling off with the yield curve steepening. So for reference, the U.S. 30-year bond is now at, this morning, at 1.99%. So it's the highest level it's been since February. Really what's driving this is positive sentiment on the recovery and stimulus hopes. As Seamus mentioned, the ISM surprised to the upside, and this in terms of economic indicators is uh, typically as a directional correlation to yields. So as it increases, the ISM projects upwards. 
yields generally tend to rise as well. I think also the US pushing through its fiscal package, this was largely seen by the market as a litmus test for the Democrats been able to proceed with their fiscal expansion program. So ultimately, you know, the market pricing in higher levels of supply in the future, higher levels of inflation expectations, and this should lead to higher interest rates. I think what's important to note, though, in terms of credit markets, in credit markets, we've seen credit spreads tightening over the week, so market reflecting better expectations of um, corporate earnings. But the rates component, the interest rate component of a corporate bond offset this, so there's actually negative returns on investment-grade credit over the course of the week. Oh, that's interesting. Thanks, Niall. If we look to the week ahead now, it's Golden Week or the annual Lunar New Year in China and markets will be closed for the week. Alex, what else is on your radar? So in Europe, uh, there's the potential for a government to be reformed in Italy under Mario Draghi, the former head of the ECB, to try and avoid snap elections. In the UK, we've also got GDP numbers out on Friday uh, with the expectation that there's a modest expansion. We're also obviously following the the state of the stimulus package in the US fairly closely as well. That'll have a big impact on markets globally. Excellent. That's our wrap up. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, Louise. Thank you. Thanks, Louise.